Hello, podcast fans. This is Falcon Paladin coming to you with the Falcon Paladin Hour along with his co-caster and friend named Wade. As always, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite good. It's technically Tuesday, but it's my Friday because I have the middle of the week off, so I am looking forward to two days of sleeping in. Oh, I did I did that in a job. I worked at the Apple store for a couple of years and my schedule was I got Sundays and Wednesdays off. Yep. And yeah, like the middle of the week thing is a crazy, crazy experience because you really don't have anything more than a couple of days off at a time if you do it like I did. Or I mean a couple of days at work at a time. Yeah. So good. So it's your Friday. So party and um do fun things tonight because you don't have work in the morning. Yep, that's pretty much how that works. Party, yes. no, that would require having friends. Um, uh, some people are good at having parties by themselves. I don't know. Well, how do you do that then? Is, <laughs> isn't, isn't it a party? Like There has to be other people there for every party. Like, by definition, you mean? Yeah, by definition. Mm, I mean, if you define party by just having a good time, I can have a pretty good time just playing StarCraft by myself and like eating pizza. <laughs> I consider that an excellent experience. I mean, I did that an hour ago, but... <laughs> yeah, see? I but I guess... It, I mean, other people's definition of party could include other people must be present, but for, for me, I don't know. Well, when I think party, it's like, hey, you want to party up on, like, Xbox or whatever. It's You, you need another oh. person there, or, like, a, a role-playing game. It's like your party of teammates. Oh, that's a brilliant point, Wade. That is an excellent point. I had not thought about that. So you're right. Be in a party means there literally has to be more than one of you. <laughs> you can't have a D&D party with one person. It doesn't work that way. Huh. Point Winner. Yes. So for those of you who have been waiting with bated breath for every episode of the podcast that come, comes out, you might have noticed we missed one last week. Mm. You bailed on us. I did. And you know what it was? We, so my family had a kind of a family reunion. It was with my parents and their kids and their kids. So there's about 20 of us and it really can't put us up in anybody's home. So we had to go find a big old cabin in the woods and hang out there. And I assumed there would be internet. I assumed at the very least I would have some kind of T-Mobile access where we were, but holy smokes, no Wi-Fi in this cabin. None. And the mobile internet service, it barely, barely gave me like 100 kilobits down if I was standing on the edge of the deck and had my arm holding my phone out over the edge. It was <laughs> so bad. So I could like check my email and maybe get Facebook to load up the first couple things and then I'd pull my arm back in and read the stuff without any internet. It was super bad. So... You might have noticed I didn't respond to many comments last week on my YouTube channel. didn't really tweet that much or put anything on Facebook, and that's because I just didn't have access to anything. So I was planning on just taking an evening off and doing the podcast with Wade from my vacation. I didn't think that'd be a problem, but I did not count on the fact there would be virtually no internet. Mm. And I mean, it was probably good for family togetherness, good for the kids not to have internet, and good for the parents not to have internet. But as far as podcast purposes, it was a, a disaster really hope nobody sent you a uh, attachment with their email uh i mean if they well, did i didn't have to download it so it wasn't well, that's bad. a good point that's a good point yeah it doesn't uh, just automatically download attachments that'd be such a security flaw <laughs> your email client's just like hey this looks like a good thing here you go <laughs> 
Remind me to never have you design <laughs> internet good, security, yeah. Wade. That is a good point. <laughs> I, had, I had a conversation with a lady at work today um, because there's another woman who like starts around 4 o'clock in the afternoon and goes to like 1 a.m., right? And I start yeah. at midnight. So she'll come in before like around 11.30 and turn on all the ovens and stuff for me so that it's warmed up and ready to go when I go to work. And I was complaining to this other woman uh, that she'll turn on the oven, but she won't set the temperature. So it'll turn on and it'll be like, all right, ready to go. Oh, it's, you know, 40 degrees lower than it needs to be. And I can't bake anything in that because it needs time to warm up again. What's the default temperature if you just turn it on? Uh, it's on whatever the last person said because it's a physical oh. dial. So there's really two oh. people I can pull about. Whoever used it last who didn't put it back to my temperature. Mm-hmm. Or this woman who said she'd come in and turn everything on and set everything up. But I was choosing to complain about this woman because yes. I had the opportunity to. And this other woman, uh, the one I was complaining to, not about, said, why don't you just leave her a note? I said, okay, where would you like me to leave her a note? And she goes, I don't know. I didn't think that through. And I go, well, I have. She doesn't have a desk. She works in just about every department. And she go, ah, I get interrupted. And he goes, okay, leave a note on the oven then. And I go, okay. Uh, let me just write a note on the oven. How would you like me to attach it? Should I try and glue it to the hot surface? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, I didn't think of that either. And then I go, oh, and would you like me to tell Andrew and Yoko and Brian not to touch this note sitting in the middle of the oven in their way just because someone in 12 hours might see it? I mean, I don't see any problems with this plan. None. None. None at all. It was foolproof. And she goes, I get it. I didn't think this through. <laughs> You just berated this poor woman, Wade. That happened later about a different topic. Um, the same person? Yeah. She thinks that dogs are just as smart as people. Oh, no. One of those people. Yeah. And I may or may not have walked and said, oh, look at you mimicking higher cognitive functions. Wow. Did you get slapped? I think that's slapping behavior. <laughs> no, she laughed about it. We. Um, oh, good. Yeah. We're friends. Know your but, audience. Yeah, exactly. I could not. <laughs> I could not do that to some other people. Uh, no, no. Be very, uh, very judicious about who you do that kind of thing to, or you know, maybe just don't do it at all, just to be safe. Maybe. Kind of like asking a woman when her she's going to give birth, because that's never a good question. No, unless she's in the maternity ward in a bed. Then nope. <laughs> don't even try. No, no. I don't care where she is. I don't care if I can see a baby coming from between her legs. I'm not asking her when the baby is due. It's not going to happen. It's just, there's no, no, there's no safe way to do it. <laughs> Surely at that point you would ask. No, no, no. Okay. Nope. Cause you know why in that situation, a woman has no interest in discussing that kind of thing with anybody. Nobody on earth has the right to ask those kind of questions when she's focusing on pushing a baby out. She will get mad. I, I don't think she's just in the mood for any conversation, let alone a conversation about that. Exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. There is no safe time to ask this question. Ta-da! I, no, <laughs> hold on. Uh-oh, here we go. And there's more. Yeah, I, I'm going to find a scenario where it's perfectly okay. I mean, do you need some time? Should we make this homework well, for next week? <laughs> I don't need that long. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking, what about after a pregnancy consultation? Like, you're already pregnant, it's known, and then you walk out in the receptionist who you're friends with or something. It's like, so when's it due? Okay, but then you know what happens? In the pregnancy consultation, she finds out she lost the baby. 
And then you go, when's the baby due? And then you're the worst person on earth. There is no safe time to do this, Wade. Right, but what if she came out smiling and happy? Maybe she wanted to lose the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I concede. Yes, I win. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's every, it's never safe. I'm just saying the chances of it not being safe are greater than zero in every situation. So I just don't risk it. Okay. Okay. Don't risk it. It's never something you can say. Okay. (laughs) Life lessons with Paladin. I get it. Pro tips. Pro tips from Falcon Paladin. (laughs) As someone who has three kids, I know how this works. Hmm. All right. So that's that. Uh, Other reports from the vacation besides there was no internet. Uh, Pretty good time. We saw some moose. We saw a moose and her baby. Thankfully, from the second floor of the cabin off the back deck because back balcony because mama moose with baby will wreck you she will mess you up if you get too close and like too close i don't know how close it is so staying as far away as possible is probably my ideal situation uh but that was pretty neat Uh, there was actually the funny thing was there was a little pond out behind the cabin and it there was no runoff no nothing it was just basically stagnant water at this point hadn't rained for a while and so it was just covered with green algae and green moss and stuff. And the baby moose went down there and started drinking the water. And we were like, no, <laughs> don't drink that water. It will kill you. And the best part was the mom just kind of stood up a little bit higher on the bank. And she was like, uh, you know what? I'm good. I'm going <laughs> to let my baby drink that stuff. But mm, I'm going to wait till we find something a little bit better. It's like, man, that mom, not that good parenting skills, letting her baby do dangerous things. Well, I mean... For a moose, it's probably fine. I mean, green water? Really? I mean, wild animal? I mean, they get sick. They're not invincible. Right, but they're not, you know, getting ravaged by plagues of diseases from drinking water. Uh, maybe. 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 Okay, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But in that case, I'm sure the baby moose was fine, and I'm sure it will grow up to be a big, strong moose that will kill people. Would you rather the story of your vacation be, and then we saw a baby moose, and then it got dysentery and died? And we watched it die, and it was horrible. Is that the story you'd rather? Maybe. This is a better story, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to send you a picture of a moose. Have you ever seen, like, a moose? I see how big they can get. Actually, hold on. Somehow this is a Snopes link. Does that mean... Is it Paige? I think somebody wanted that image debunked. Yes. It looks like somebody posted it on the Snopes forum to be like, is this legit? Okay, that's a bad picture. I'm going to send you another one. Um, Men of many moose. With moose. They are seriously real big, though. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm not denying okay. that. Do you have moose in Australia? No. no. That's a North America thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Do you have echidnas? Nope. Platypus? Uh, definitely no platypus, no. Oh, well, what's the point of going? Yeah, it's a good point. That good thing's pretty point. big. Yeah, pretty large. And like they will mess you up with those horns and those hooves without even thinking about it. So don't be as close as the people in that picture, which we'll put in the show notes, by the way. Look at the show notes for this picture. Yes, that will be there. He's probably heading to the eclipse, so... Uh-huh. Yes. That's why they will have cameras and are not leaving because there's a giant traffic jam just out of focus. Out yep. Of the picture. Yeah. Did, Did you... the eclipse go over Australia? 
Never. I didn't. I only looked at its path across North America because I'm like Amerocentric. Well, when it was happening in America, it was like four o'clock in the morning in Australia. So. Ah, so no chance. Yeah, I did almost walk outside of work and take a photo of the moon and be like, "Hey, look at the." Well, <laughs> or just or just of the sky and be like, "Hey, look at the uh, eclipse. It's great from down under." <laughs> Post that on the Facebooks. Mm. So Europe got it. England was like, it was way too cloudy to see anything because, of course, England. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you get it? Uh, yeah. Yep. It hit Utah. The path of totality took it in through Idaho, though. So we only got like 85, 90 percent. Uh, my parents actually took a couple of their kids, my brothers and sisters, up to Idaho to watch it, like in 100% totality, because they were sold on it being like an amazing life-changing experience. Well, I mean, when have you ever had the ability to turn in 360 degrees and see basically what would look like a sunrise and sunset at every horizon? Mm, not very often. I think the last time in the U.S. was 1979. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I, I stayed in the Utahs and I walked and I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's nice. And it got kind of dark, but it was not a life-changing experience because I wasn't in the right place. That's fair enough. Yeah, maybe next time. There's one that's supposed to go through Texas in like 2024. Ooh. It's not too far away. Is Texas closer or further to oh, Utah? Oh, so Idaho? much further away. Okay. Texas is like an eight-hour plane ride. Oh, wow. And the place in Idaho is like a three-hour car ride. Okay. Yeah, so much, much, much different. But yeah, it comes up through Mexico, like right across Mexico, and then through mm. Dallas, Texas, Oklahoma, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, New York, Vermont, Maine. So kind of like a little curvy path that way in 2024. I can point to some of these things. To some of these things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send you a link. Ta-da! This is, we're so linky, this podcast. Oh, that does work. Good. It's a oh, really yeah. long, really long URL. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 2024 is like around the corner. It's basically tomorrow. It basically is tomorrow. Yeah. So if for some reason I get sold on the experience of a total eclipse experience, then maybe I'll go to Dallas and see it. Maybe. Maybe. No promises. None. So anyway, the vacation was good. There was no internet. Uh, got home and basically did a lot of StarCraft casting because I used pretty much all of my buffer on that thing. Had to catch up. Had to catch up. Still not completely caught up, but we are getting there. Ooh, something else I did on vacation because I had a lot of time. Brag about it. I read Way of Shadows. Ah. The whole thing. Yeah, did you like it or am I enjoying trash novels? No, it was good. Oh, thank God. It was good. I really enjoyed it. I f there are a couple things that I think we should talk about offline. I don't want to spoil major stuff. Okay. Um, but what I liked about it was I felt like the conceit of the book was, okay, here's an unstoppable ninja assassin <laughs> who is super cool and he has an awesome sword. And like it could have just been basically fan fiction written by a 13-year-old, right? Yeah. But he treats it so well. The author, Brent Weeks, like him a lot. He is able to create characters that I cared about and characters I felt like I understood and I liked, which is hugely important. And the villains were super hateable, which is nice. And it wasn't just easy street for anybody. Everybody had major problems they were dealing with. And it was just, it's a really, really good book. So I'm reading the second one. One of my favorites. So. Yeah. 
on the topic of books, I had to put down uh, Dragonbone Chair. Oh. Yeah. It just... There was a point where I just, like... I, I, I don't feel like I really want to keep going. I don't know what it is. I just, for whatever what? reason, put it down and didn't pick it back up for two weeks. I can understand there are parts <laughs> where you would feel that way. I had that feeling, too. But specifically, where did you get? Um... Simon caught a frog. <laughs> Simon catches a frog. Wow, you did not got far at all. No, I really Ooh. didn't. Which, uh, I will go back to it and try again. But okay. for whatever reason, uh, I just didn't really feel like keep reading that. Um, yeah, that's fair. It might have something to do with I found a graphic novel version of another book series that I've read. So I was flipping through that and I'm like, I should just read this book again because I really like that book, which is why I've got the graphic novel. Okay. I mean, that's totally fair. And I mean, one of the things too, having just finished the Dragonbone Chair trilogy and then picking up Way of Shadows is that Way of Shadows does not mess around. It doesn't have those 200 page things where they're traveling from place to place. It's like, hey, what up? We got on a wagon. This is going to take us a week to get to the next village. And guess what? Now we're there. I'm not going to submit you to the travels and the journeys, which are so boring in a lot of these books. And there's a lot of traveling and journeying in Dragonbone Chair. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. So, <laughs> so what I learned, I mean, what I've learned how to do in the past, not just for this series, is skim. Just skim through. Just see what they're talking about. See if they're rehashing discussions they've already had three times before. Uh, see if there's anything important that comes up or anything important that happens and slow down for that. But otherwise, just skim through this stuff. Yeah, It's served me well. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that'll be a tool that I use a lot. Because <laughs> some books are really good if you can just get through the boring bits. <laughs> the good mm. parts are really good. Yeah. But then it's like, why bother? Why not just read stuff like Way of Shadows where there's no wasted pages? And it's an argument I don't know that I can disagree with. Yeah. So, StarCraft, did did you see the 17th of August, just a few days ago, major design changes to StarCraft 2? I did see that. I Crikey. did see that. Yeah, massive changes. And, like, I don't know that we can get through all of them without just spending the rest of the podcast on this, because it's literally major changes in every single race, and just overall, too. But, why, do you want to talk about a couple of the highlights? Like, what really stuck out to you? Mules can mine Vespine. Yes! Isn't that huge? Yeah, it ten, is. Ten Vespine gas per trip. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they did nerf the mineral return yeah, to kind of compensate for it. Right. 20 instead of 25. Yeah. So that's still really good by comparison to an SCV. Yeah, totally. And I saw on the Reddit that somebody worked out that with Vespine mules... You can off one base go five racks reaper again. Oh man, they did not resurrect five racks reaper. Oh, uh, they did. The, uh, five racks reaper. Well, at least they didn't bring back the grenade, right? That, that's well, he still has the grenade. It just it they, does I five mean, damage and has an eight second cooldown still. So, like, they didn't change anything to that. Right, but do you remember back in the Wings of Liberty days when five racks oh, let me, reaper? Let me stop you there. I wasn't playing during Wings of Liberty. Okay, so you don't remember, but let me tell you, every ZVT in every major tournament was five racks reaper, 
the Zerg was like, I guess I could get some roaches that don't have very good range and all my buildings die because Reapers are really good against buildings and just die. Hmm. I mean, that was the fastest emergency nerf I think I've ever seen out of Blizzard <laughs> for anything. They were like, okay, yoink, no more of this garbage. Because <laughs> it was killing the matchup. That's all any Terran ever did because Zerg couldn't do anything against it. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I have a feeling they'll make another change to the Reaper or to the amount of Vespine you can mine, maybe. Like, if it does come back as something that's just unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, that is, again, something that they will change is if something comes around that the pros can't figure out how to handle after a little bit. They'll be like, okay, switch it up. I mean, like, the foregate was really popular and really strong in Wings of Liberty, but you could stop it if you knew what you were doing. I mean, this this five gate was just like... I mean, I got nothing. Lings are terrible. Roaches are terrible. I don't have time to tech to anything else dead. It was just yeah. GG, get out. Like, Yeah, queue up again. Try not to get a Terran. Right. So one thing I found really interesting was the complete redesign of the Raven that they're proposing. Yeah. Like every single existing ability wiped, gone. So crazy. So new ability, Scrambler Missile. That temporarily disables all weapons and unit abilities. So I can't quite tell from this if it's a it's single target, right? It's not an AOE thing. Uh, yeah, I believe it's single target and it only yeah. affects mechanical units as well. Yes, that's a big thing. So being able to disable a warp prism that just showed up at your base and tell, no, you're not warping anything in is massive. That's really good. Uh, they said it prevents medivacs from unloading units, which is super good yeah and they can't move right no they could still move they just won't okay. be able to unload or heal oh but medivacs can't boost because that's an ability that too yeah so they have to slow move out oh that's a lot of dead it's a lot of dead terran which i don't i don't feel too bad about honestly <laughs> <I'm glad laughs> one of us should yes one of us should and that will be you you can mourn it all you want so that's very interesting. Next is Repair Drone, deployable unit that is unable to move but has a repair beam that restores the health of a nearby friendly mechanical unit. So instead of bringing an SCV along, your Raven can drop a Repair Drone. It doesn't say how much it heals. Um, I vaguely remember healing something where it was three health for one energy, I think. Or oh, might, okay. that, might, that might be a, a, on a different new ability for something i i don't know where but that stuck out in my mind first time i read through it well so there i mean it's timed i don't think it's i don't think it has mana i don't think it has energy i think it's just a timer that would be dumb yeah 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 so it's just a timer so it's 10 seconds or whatever and it just heals at a steady rate until it expires so that's pretty interesting i mean i think they're trying to make mech a little bit more viable than it is and that's an interesting way to try it saves you bringing a bunch of scvs along yeah, you don't have to sacrifice economy to do that, so that's good. Uh, Shredder Missile functions like the old Seeker Missile, but an impact, it works a bit differently. Instead of doing 100 splash damage, it now does 30, but also decreases the armor of all units hit by 3 for a short duration. So uh, they wanted to get rid of kind of the stacking effect of several Seeker Missiles hitting the same group of units, but it becomes a combo unit according to this. Uh, so that Marines and Cyclones and Vikings can use their abilities to greater effect for the next duration. And with the Shredder Missile, there's now an upgrade called Enhanced Munitions, which will increase the blast radius by 20% and its tracking range by 50. 
Yes. Sorry. That's a big increase for tracking range. Mm. What was it? That's going to be harder to avoid. doesn't say what its original range is, though. It's just going to get increased by 50. Yeah, it's pretty far as it is. If mm. you look, if you watch some of these matches where Ravens and Seeker Missiles are used, it's... I mean, you can almost hit stuff off the screen depending on where you are. So adding another 50% is interesting for sure. Uh, the Widow Mind change. As a Zerg player, I gotta say I'm feeling okay about this. I'm not. <laughs> Bottom line, Widow Mines are revealed when it's on cooldown. Widow Mines are gonna kill one Zergling and then get killed. Like, it's gonna do nothing now. I mean, if they're alone, sure. I mean, I can think of a lot of situations where... They are part of a Marine Marauder medevac army, and they get their shots off, right? But they're protected by the rest of those units. The Widow Mines are protected, and they're able to cool down. And the Zerg doesn't even have a really chance to clean them up because the army is covering them. So, I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's an instant death thing. But in situations where they're alone, yeah, absolutely, that shuts them down. Maybe. I, I guess, I suppose, in situations where they're with the army, they get their shot off and the battle's usually over within eight seconds anyway. Like, yeah. Either somebody's dead or our armies have backed off. So. Yep. It's, it's, unless they're just standing in a circle to see who wins. <laughs> sure, that happens sometimes. Oh, and also cloak is available by default on ghosts. Oh my, oh my ghost rush. This is going to happen. Mm, maybe nukes. Think about it. Nukes. Nuke rush where you don't have to research cloak. That speeds it up quite a bit. Quite a bit. So that should be interesting. Um, blah, blah, blah. There's some vision changes with the Liberator. Don't care about that. Uh, Cyclone, some minor changes. How do you feel about this one? Um, not super interested. All it does is makes the first four shots of lock-on uh, fire more rapidly, but it's still the same amount of damage. Yeah, front loads the damage, right? Which I do see a lot of situations where the Cyclone gets a couple shots off on a uh, medevac that's running away or on an Overlord or something, and then it moves out of range. And then it's just the rest of the cycle is just wasted, which, I mean, that's annoying, right? Yeah, it is. Um, it'll definitely be useful for stuff that is trying to, like, a get-in, get-out kind of thing, like an Oracle on a mineral line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good call. Okay, so I like that. So the other thing I've heard rumors about is this smart servos upgrade. That makes Thor's Hellions, Hellbats, and Vikings transform much faster. And by much faster, they mean much faster. I was casting with Gauntlet yesterday, and Jordan said he has seen some video of Pig on his YouTube channel. And I think he's playing against Jason, and Jason gets the smart servos upgrade for his Hellbats. And the transformation time is like that. It is cool. less than a second. It's like, bing, now we're Hellbats. Bing, now we're Hellions. <laughs> and it is just... All you can do is laugh. Like, it's the funniest thing. We'll put we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. We'll find that one for you. But, I mean, that's that's a little crazy. Like, for Hellbats, you're in trouble. Bing, Hellion, run away. Mm. I just feel like there's a lot of potential for this one, depending on how much it costs. Yeah. I reckon it'll be fun to watch. Just the mass, like... <laughs> the mass instant transform. Yeah. I reckon that would just be comical. Uh, Cannot wait. So since neither of us are Protoss, how do we feel about the Mothership core being entirely removed? Uh, I'm relatively happy about it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of 
how that affects me because I'm selfish and a Terran. Um, mm-hmm. It makes getting the Reaper in a little easier with there's no overcharge to worry about. Yep. A, a little easier. There's still a, a little easier. You still have stalkers and adepts to worry about, which is a problem. Sure. Uh, did they get rid of overcharge? I'm trying to see where they moved that. Um, Does it not exist until Mothership? I don't think the Mothership has it either. Holy smokes. Hang on. Let me mothership take a look. Uh, now can no longer cast Photon Overcharge. Is Photon Overcharge dead? Yep. That's crazy. It appears like it is. What? <laughs> Hang on, I gotta look at this a little closer. Dun, dun, dun. I must control F overcharge. <laughs> overcharge. Oh, the comments. You lose DPS from mothership and photon overcharge. Yeah. In replacing oh, okay. In replacing photon overcharge, we're trying out a shield recharge mechanic. So just like Brood War, where you have the shield batteries that recover the shields in your Protoss units. I assume that's exactly what it is. Well, except you don't have to build a building for it. I think it's yeah. just part of like the Nexus, maybe? It's a new Nexus ability, Shield Restore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here it is. I'm replacing Photon Overcharge, trying out Shield Recharge Mechanic. Oh, yeah. it costs Auto-pass. one energy per three shields. That's where I remember that from. Okay, so you're stealing Chrono Boost energy to do Shield Recharging, which is interesting. You have to trade off there. And Autocast functionality, which I don't think will be turned on by the higher level players. Probably not. No. They would rather have their corner boost, I think, in most situations. But for lobies, it's real nice to be able to immediately, essentially, recharge the shields under units when you're under attack. So it's a def- it's a def- a super defensive defensive measure rather than an attacking defensive measure like with the overcharge. Yeah, uh, I should have thought about this because it's got an eight a range of eight, which means it'll basically in the early game, reapers coming in don't do a lot of damage to it. Like, what's the rate at which it'll repair, though, or restore the shield? Because imagine trying to harass the mineral line with a Reaper or whatever, which is a bad idea. We've covered it. Yeah. But, but how quickly is it then repairing their shields? Right, and it doesn't say. It really doesn't say. If it's anything like Brood War, it's pretty quick. Like, Brood War, it's, it's not instant, but it is probably around three-fourths of a second to fully recharge something. Okay. It's zippy. Hmm. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. So another interesting thing is the Purification Nova triggers uh, on enemy units automatically. So if an enemy unit comes into contact with the Purification Nova, it will detonate immediately. That's not a choice, right? The Protoss player can't choose that. Purification now detonates on contact with enemy units, but not structures. But the next dot point is Purification Nova still lasts two seconds before detonating. So... Uh, so it stops and then detonates after... Sorry, it'll detonate immediately. So it'll be two seconds unless it comes in contact with something directly, and then it will detonate after two seconds. But otherwise, it will detonate immediately upon contact with an enemy unit. That's what I'm reading here. Uh, does the purification over only last two seconds originally anyway? I've yeah. Ne- I've never used the unit. <laughs> right. No, it's it's two seconds now. Okay. Oh, that's what that is. But it only detonates after two seconds. It won't, there is no way to uh, trigger it beforehand. Before yeah. So yeah. it allows for a lot of micro to get around it. Whereas now, if you're sitting there with your group of Marines and Marauders and a Purification Nova comes in, you're dead. You can't. You have to see it before it hits your units and you don't have time after it's arrived, basically. Yeah. If you see it, it's too late. <laughs> 
Right. But if you see it, you can send a single Marine out and trigger it early, which is a good trade-off for the Terran as well. So I think it seems pretty balanced for both Protoss and Terran in this situation. And Zerg, same thing. Send a single Ling out to trigger the Nova before it hits your big group of units. Yeah. All right. Uh, did some stuff with Colossus to make them a little bit more viable. Basically just made Extended Thermal Lance a little bit easier to obtain, so nothing's too crazy there. Yeah, and decrease the range it gives as well by one. Yeah. So now plus two instead of plus three. Which, so a small I mean, trade-off, no big deal. Yeah. No big deal. All right, so on to Zerg. The big thing is going to be the Infester. So fungal growth no longer hits air units, and if you fungal stuff off creep, it only slows the units down instead of rooting them entirely. That's the big deal. Yes. Woo. <laughs> so happy. Hooray. Did you ever play when fungal was better, though? When it lasted longer and did more damage back in Heart of the Swarm? Yeah, that sounds so much better. It was. I mean, if you hate it now, you would have really hated it back in Hots. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'll take you for it. Uh-huh. I'll send you some VODs of Terran armies just getting wrecked by fungal. Anyway. Uh, so the radius is increased by 0.5, which is, I mean, something nice. Can't fungal medevacs anymore, which uh, I actually have to make corruptors and mutas to deal with that stuff now. Oh, no. You pulled Oh, that. no. I actually have to make air units, I know. Or hydras, I guess. Oh, hydras, yeah. Yeah. And then the huge buff to the infested Terran. Yeah. I think they want to see people using it. Um. So it benefits from missile attack upgrades and ground carapace upgrades, which it's never done. Never had that. They always popped out at zero zero, which means they kind of sucked. So maybe maybe popping with upgrades will help. I don't know. Incre uh, decrease the rifle damage from eight to six. Can't hit the air, but has a new weapon called acid spores, which does basically twice as much damage as the Gauss rifle did. Um, and has a range of six as well. I don't know. I just feel like they're so slow. You just run away from them. Is that, am I wrong about this? It's been a while since I've seen them. And honestly, the last time I think I've seen them was you did a one trick Wednesday on it, didn't you? Where you had to win with infested Terrans. Yes. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you should do that again. <laughs> Redux. I have no idea how how this will play out. If people eventually use it or not. Getting benefits from the missile attacks upgrade and ground carapace, maybe. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's free unit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But they expire as a thing. And as a defensive unit, like... I just feel like you'd just rather build a spore crawler than have, inf uh, have an infester toss on some infested terrans. I just don't see the reason why you would do that. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, a lot of this stuff really won't matter or will matter too much depending on how the pros do their testing on it, whatever they discover. Mm. And this is for them. This is not for us. <laughs> no, this isn't for us. They'll, they'll work no. something out and we'll go, yep, that's oh. a good idea. We should do it like they do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're balancing at the very, very highest levels of the game. They don't care about gold. There is a small redesign to the Lurker a little bit. Uh, you actually have to build a Lurker Den instead of changing your existing Hydralisk Den to a Lurker Den, which doesn't seem like a huge deal. Um, 
And then an upgrade of Digging Claws, which reduces burrow time on the Lurkers from 4.13 to or 4.55. Wait, nope, just kidding. Reduces burrow time, increases Lurker movement speed from 4.13 to 4.5. So, I mean, I don't know. Just some minor changes there. Nothing huge. Hmm. Nothing huge. Uh, Parasitic Bomb doesn't stack anymore, but it's increased in damage. Do you see that a lot? Do you hate Parasitic Bomb? Not really. Okay. Yeah, I don't... I mean, most of the spells aren't really prevalent at the level we're playing StarCraft at. <laughs> yeah. see a lot of A-move, not a lot of spellcasters. No, definitely not. Uh, Swarmhouse small changes. So yeah, those are the main changes. Those are the big ones. Those are the biggies. And again, they're being tested. This was not just released straight up and say, go for it, everyone. It's in public test stuff. And released the patch like the day before the... IEM Shanghai tournament. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be in- incredible. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would not be incredible. That would be awful. <laughs> It'd be super awful. Super awful. So, while we're on the StarCraft, I say we award our StarCraft Remastered award. That was redundant, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yes, I will just pull up the customer reviews. Yes. So I assume you've looked through the candidates? I very well have. I'm going to say I am disappointed in the participation rate. <laughs> I know more than three people are listening to this podcast. Uh, would you like numbers on roughly how many people are? Please Sorry. update me. Yes. I will do that. But in the meantime, I'll continue haranguing our listeners. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, if you wanted a copy of StarCraft Remastered, this was a real good way to get a free copy. And the fact that only three people tossed them in, and really, I feel like only one person ever actually made some effort Yeah, at, at being clever. So that's a default win. It is a default win for Mr. Solar Sauce here. And do you want to say the numbers before I read it for everyone, or do you want to do that the other way? Well... I have the numbers here. So monthly, we actually... Okay, so last month, we got a total monthly RSS subscribers of 464. Nice. Yeah. This month, which is not yet over, and we skipped a week, we have hit 480. Okay. So we're seeing growth. That's Mm. what I care about. That is growth. It is. So yeah, 400 of you people and only one person, Solar Sauce, was like, you know what? I want StarCraft Remastered. So maybe I'm just overestimating the number of StarCraft fans we have in our listener base. Just because that's where you all should be coming from. I haven't really advertised the podcast anywhere outside of the Falcon Paladin universe. But maybe people are just stumbling upon the pod and they're like, oh, Falcon Paladin sounds interesting. And there's a bunny on the picture. So let's check it out. Yeah, I'm sure they're here for the bunny. And just the whole American-Australian combination is irresistible. Irresistible. Clearly. Clearly. All right. So, Solar Sauce, here's your time to shine. Engaging, creative, funny, entertaining, meat pies. These are some of the words that come to mind when one thinks of the Falcon Paladin Hour. Spectacular recording equipment provides listeners with smooth yet crisp audio that gently caresses the ears with sound waves of pure glory. Content proves itself rich and diverse, presenting their audience with abundance of contemporary information and trivia you won't find anywhere else. Those unimpressed by screens need not worry. Let Falcon Paladin Hour craft your journey, close your eyes, and let Void carry you along with thrilling audience carried across star and meat pie-filled lands. 
Falcon Paladin Hour sets itself apart from other podcasts with its unique voices, narration topics, and pace. Those looking to lift up an hour of their day with joyous knowledge need not look further. And to that I say, it's about time. While I was reading that, I think I know who wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Can you say this person's name? Uh... I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but this reads very much like a Reaper name submitted by Alex on my (laughs) channel. If you've ever read the comments in my channel and any of my videos, you know who Alex is. It's a little bit rambly. It has very unique turns of phrase and things are misspelled quite a bit. (laughs) Those are the three things that really set Alex apart as a creator of prose. So if it is Alex, congratulations. I'm glad a longtime watcher of the channel got the StarCraft Remastered copy. Um, contact us, I guess. I mean, can we contact them directly or do we have to trust that they will be honest and contact us? Uh, I think we actually have to trust in them. This is the honor roll system, people. Oh, boy. All right. So if you are Solar Sauce, send me an email at falconpaladin at gmail.com with the subject of Solar Sauce. You're going to get and we'll 500 work it out. emails saying about well, people claiming to be Solar Sauce. But at the same time, I feel like the lack of interest in StarCraft Remastered might actually save us here. Because if the people really wanted it that bad, they would have reviewed it a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, what's easier, writing a review, right? Or writing an email saying, hey, I'm Source, which doesn't get publicly published. Um, the email one. Yeah, see? Yeah. Good point. All right, so if we have a huge problem, we'll have to do some sleuthing to figure this stuff out. Sleuthing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's enough StarCraft. Is there more StarCraft you want to talk about? Uh, I have played. Oh, crap, remastered. (laughs) We just, I just mentioned that and I totally forgot we were going to talk about it. Uh, Why don't you share with us your experience with StarCraft remastered, Wade? I don't get the hype. Oh, okay. Because I don't have the nostalgia, and I assume that's what it is. Mm. Mm. That's entirely fair. If you didn't, if you didn't play the Brood War, uh, back in the time, back in the '90s and the early 2000s, when it was the greatest thing, then probably don't get it. That's entirely, entirely reasonable. It feels like StarCraft Two, but without any of the quality of life features. Mm-hmm. With yep, odd hotkeys and annoying unit control. And workers that don't actually rally to mineral patches. God, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, that's fair. I gotta say, I booted it up and played a couple games when I got home from vacation. Because for some reason, I'm always away from home when major stuff happens in StarCraft. (laughs) And I'm always late to the punch, which maybe hurts my numbers. Because people who are searching StarCraft Remastered on launch day aren't going to see me because there's nothing there. But I do my best. Anyway, loaded it up and played against a Zerg, uh, another Zerg player, ZVZ, who six-pulled me. I scouted it and held it. And then they droned, like, super hard for the next four minutes. Didn't, didn't make anything except for a couple sunkens. And again, I scouted this because I'm a good StarCraft player. And I was like, I will hereby make ten Hydralisks and ten Zerglings and go wreck this person. And I did. I assume this is somebody who was coming from StarCraft 2 and just did something wrong. It must have been. It must have been. And that's something that Day9 actually has talked about a lot. In If you're going to go play Brood War and you only know StarCraft, the first thing you should know is you don't need as many workers to do stuff. 
you do not need 16 workers on every base to make things happen. In fact, if you do that, you'll probably die. It's a much slower game. Uh, so yeah, so I think that's what happened. I think this person said I can make a pool first. I know how that works. Go attack with my lings. If that doesn't work, I'll just drone up and then be, pre be prepared for what comes next. But nope, you have so little production as Zerg unless you make a macro hatch or two. You don't have any queens. You can't just pump out 12 units at once off of two bases. It doesn't work that way. You can get maybe six. Um, so that's what happened there. The second game I played, it was against a Protoss player who decided to go for an interesting Zealot Corsair build. Which is, I mean, usually it's Dark Templar Corsair because the DTs can whack stuff on the ground and the Corsairs kill the Overlords so there's no detection. But this was a Zealot uh, Corsair build. So I got some, um, some anti-air up, went for hiders to do with the Corsairs, lost a couple Overlords, and then I was like, you know what? He doesn't have any detection at all. So I made a bunch of lurkers, went up to his ramp, walked up it, burrowed my things, and everybody died. So once again, not a very experienced Brood War player. I've heard stories of people that are queuing up as newbies and just getting wrecked because the MMR is not where it needs to be after zero games. Uh, that and everything I've heard for the last two years was Brood War is just a harder game by 10, like a factor of 10. Mm -hmm. And so that the average player of uh, StarCraft 2 hasn't been playing StarCraft 1 for as long as the people they have. So, And if you ever meet them, there's just like no chance statistically. Yep. Yeah, but the good thing is, if there's a lot of new people influxing into the game, as there are, if you play five or six games, your MMR will adjust to where you're only queuing up against other people who are also new. You mean tank. Yeah, yeah MMR will tank. <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> you will. You might lose a bunch, but even if you're winning, it will still take into account who you're beating. That is true. That is true. Um, so if you played a couple games and got wrecked and you're like, I hate this game, go play like three or four more and see if you don't get matched up against people who are a little closer to your level. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I did not play the multiplayer at all yet. I've only been trying to hit the campaign story. Oh, okay. Yeah, campaign's fun. I mean, the, the, the story is not amazing. I mean, people, I think, have nostalgia goggles on where they're like, this is incredible. No, it's not. It's not good storytelling. Uh, but it's fun, and I'll give it that. So you started with the Terran, obviously, because that's the first. Yes, I did. Yeah. So you've met James Rayner. I've met Sarah Kerrigan, Dr. Met Smith. Kerrigan. Yep. All uh, the classics. Yep. Has the campaign been difficult for you? Yes and no. It's just getting used to where things are and controlling all the units and stuff that's been difficult uh the like once i work out what it is i'm supposed to be doing because uh, the one where you first meet kerrigan the, the mission objective just says destroy the enemy base right destroy yep. the enemy command center but you go up to like the north well the top right corner of the map and you take over one like you incite rebellion or whatever on this planet and then I was like, okay, so I took the base, now what do I do? And it didn't give me another objective, it just said destroy the base. And then I realized, oh, the, like, I, if I go south, I need to get dropships, get marines over there. And there's yeah. another base to destroy. There are some vague mission objectives, for sure. It, that mission maybe took me a little longer than it should have, but it took me a while to figure out what I was supposed to do. Gotcha. All right. Well, but I mean, you are still, you're continuing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stop just because I can't tell a Marine to walk in a straight line. I'm not 
that easily deter. <laughs> Good. Walk in a straight line and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> I don't know if I'd trust him to do that. <laughs> do you like fire bats? Have you been playing with them at all? Yeah, they're fun. They're really fun. They are so good against zealots and uh, zerglings, especially. Have not used them against zealots. Um, mm. The only time I've really used them is in the mission where they tell you to make some. Yeah. Uh, and the one where you have to raid the Confederate base to get weapon plans or something. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I was trying to, you know, walk around and you find two zerglings held up in a pen. So I think, you know, it wasn't a challenge to kill them with fire bats, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it was satisfying, nevertheless. Oh, killing zerglings is always satisfying. I don't know what it is. Yes, but barbecuing them especially, I think. Mm, yes. Mm. So my memory of fire bats in particular was I was playing multiplayer back in like 98, and I was just losing to these big old zealot rushes as Terran. And I was like, how do I stop this? They hit so hard and they're so hard to kill. And I found this online, you know, web guide specifically how to beat Mass Zealot as Terran. And the first line was, Firebats in bunkers are your god. <laughs> and that line has stuck with me for so long. To where it's like, how do you deal with Zealots? Firebats in bunkers, obviously. obviously. And not wrong. Not wrong. They get It gets easier when medics get introduced in the Brood War expansion because um, bio in regular StarCraft is just... They have stim, but there's no way to recover that health. Yeah, uh, you noticed. might have noticed. Because <laughs> <laughs> in that mission, uh, I still have tooltip slide that pop up at the start, and it's like you can press T to stim. I'm like, okay, that's nice. And I'm like, is there medics? Is there medevacs? <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't seen either no. of these. So I'm walking. You trade through. the health forever. And I made that mistake because I walked through it at the first encounter, which turned out to be three civilians and an SCV. I'm like, Stim, attack forward. <laughs> and I'm like, that was the dumbest thing I could have done. All my guys are permanently crippled now. Yep. Yep. 100%. 100% correct. So, yeah. I mean, for the time before Brood War came out, which wasn't that long. It was like 18 months before Brood War came out. It was a really fast expansion. Uh, bio was just kind of like, eh, it's all right. And then the medic showed up and everything changed. I mean, it became instantly increased the usability of Marines and mer and, medi and uh, fire bats. So there is your StarCraft history minute from Falcon Paladin. <laughs> Professor Paladin. Um... Professor. Professor Paladin. So, yeah, so good. I mean... The interesting thing for me is that when I first booted it up, I was like, wow, this is shiny and the extractors look nice. And holy smokes, that's what zealots are supposed to look like when you come in close. But when I'm playing and when stuff's happening, my brain doesn't see the more pixels. It sees it as it has always seen it from the day StarCraft came out. And my brain just sees Sunken Colony. My brain just sees Hydralisk. My brain just sees Command Center. And it's not like, oh, this is prettier. It's just like, this is what it is we have no more time to process anything else. It's like hindsight, but as prescription glasses. It's 2020 yeah. now, and it makes no difference. Nope. Not when you're focused on a million other things. Your brain doesn't care how pretty it is, it turns out. And I, th I think that's true for StarCraft as well. Like, when I'm casting StarCraft and it's slow, I can notice some of the nicer things, the lighting and the detail they've put. But when a lot of stuff's happening, my brain just sees, these are a bunch of Marines, this is a bunch of Zerglings, these are Banelings, these are hitting... 
And I can't appreciate how good it looks when stuff's happening. So I don't think it's just a Brood War thing. No. I assume lots of games get that. Yeah. Oh, we have follow-up from episode one. Okay. Uh, did you hear about Noni getting beaten by an AI in Dota? Dota 2? No. No. An AI beat a uh, like world champion level pro player. Like one-on-one? Yeah, 1v1. Mm. Dota 2. That's interesting. Yeah, again, not surprised just because I think MOBAs are a lot less complex than RTS games are. There's a lot less for the AI to figure out when there's just one unit con- to control and five abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I, it seems to have people interested in AI again, so I'm happy. It is. And I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, it's the first time something like this has ever happened, so I don't want to rain on that parade too much. It is. I mean, we're making strides, and I really do believe that someday there will be an AI who can beat the top pros in StarCraft. I just think it's a le- it's a little bit off from now. It's not anytime soon. There already are machines beating top-level pros in StarCraft 2. It's called innovation. <laughs> I was like, who's he going to name? <laughs> There's a couple really scary players out there. Innovation, definitely one. Yeah. He's the only one known for being a machine, though. Like, Beyond's pretty terrifying too. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah, he is he is terrifying and he's by far in a way one of my favorite players to watch. I'm not gonna try and deny that. And I'm still angry at Team Expert that I can't get his goddamn hoodie. But <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> but you like you've heard the Maru T Y innovation and Beyond called the four horsemen, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Beyond's clearly the Reaper, right? Like, he's yes. death, right? Yes. Innovation has to be war. Okay. Yeah? Cause, okay. Like, would you rather put Maru or T.Y. there? Like, I don't know. How do you define pestilence? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it's at this point, I think we should switch to the Darksiders definition of the Four Horsemen, which is fury and wrath, I think. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's very fair. All right. Um, in that case, I don't know if any of them are wrath. They're all just so dispassionate as they crush your hopes and dreams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, Idra's wrath. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, Avalo rage. Mm, yeah. Except anyway. Idra could play. Um. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's fair. Very fair. Come at us, Avalo. Speedoed us. Falcon <laughs> Paladin. Man, shots mm. fired. Shots fired. I think his Twitch stream actually got perma banned. Per- I know he's been temp banned more than once. Mm. He was, mm. he like broke down on stream crying about someone and said some stuff that he heard. Uh, well, I did hear about this on the StarCraft Reddit. I'm not going to repeat it, but if you're interested, you can find it. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to link to it because I'm no. not super interested in gossiping about someone else's mental breakdowns. Uh, no, turns out no. Nope. What else? Oh, the meat pies. Sad the story. Meat pies. The meat pies. What do you mean sad, sad story? What do you story. mean sad stories? So I did the classic Falcon Paladin maneuver of being like, you know what? I've got a couple days before I have to order these. <laughs> I can get them in time. And then, of course, I completely forgot to do it. 
so I forgot. And then I went on vacation and completely spaced all podcast related duties. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull it up right now and order it while we're talking. You didn't get pies ordered to the cabin to share with your family? No, I'm a terrible human being. Clearly, just awful. Just the worst human being of all time. I feel so bad. I read your book, though. I feel okay about that. That's good. I'm glad you like it because I have a deep yeah. point, fear that everything I like is actually bad and I'm just like the only person who likes it. <laughs> like, it's a serious worry of mine. And I'm like, you should read this book. You should play this game. And people just go, that is awful. How do you enjoy that? Mm-hmm. But you just have to do grow enough as a person that you don't care. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't care a lot as it is. So the things okay. that I do care about, I can't just not care about what other people think about the things that I do like. Yeah. Because there's a lot I already don't care about. I put all my effort of not caring into other stuff. I don't have space for it anywhere else. There's a finite amount here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, while you're ordering, mm-hmm. I should have put this at the start, but <laughs> hey, it's our 10th episode. <gasps> 10th anniversary. That's not the right word, but it's our 10th episode. 10th episode. We're double Excellent. digits. Excellent. Excellent. Eight more episodes and we can drink. <laughs> oh my gosh, drunk casting. Nope. No, not happening. No, not going to happen. Do you drink? I don't. No. Okay. Boring. It's but reasonable. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's for me it's just more that I don't I really like having control over things. <laughs> Maybe it's not healthy. No, 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 that's fine. But just the concept of having inhibitions lowered is not something I'm interested in. It's fair enough. I understand that. Yeah. Okay. I only drink maybe once or twice a year. So it's not like I can say I'm some, you know, drunk. Right. No, no, no. That's like not, not that at all, it turns out. No. Although when I do drink, I drink so I don't remember. Like that's the easiest way to live with it. You drink. Oh, so you can remember. Yeah. You don't get blackout drunk. No, 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 no. The opposite. You do get blackout drunk. I drink intentionally for that purpose. Oh. Okay, so quick. We don't have a lot of time left, but quick thing here. So Rick and Morty episode that you didn't watch because it's recent. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, like keeping up I'm keeping up you with it. You are? Oh, okay. I, so you I, watched I, The Reckoners episode then. The, that, might, that one might not be out in Australia yet. Okay. I did watch The Vindicators one, which I did. Sorry, like. that's what I meant. Vindicators. I was wrong. Vindicators. You did like that one. I did like that one. I liked it a lot. Okay, so just real quick, we're not going to recap the whole episode, but there is a part where one of the characters gets blackout drunk and then creates a saw-type situation <laughs> for his comrades where they have to play games or they'll die. And so here's the thing. They kind of give him a hard time about it. They're like, dude, you're, like, you're directly responsible for the death of at least one of us already. What is wrong with you? And then he just repeats, what part of blackout drunk do you not understand? And they stop bugging him about it. And I'm like, can you really just be like, I was blackout drunk. I'm not responsible for any of my actions sawed off. I mean, they, that's not, they, they stop pestering him because they know they're not going to get anything else out of him. But at the end okay. of the episode, they're still, you know, angry at him. Yeah, but they're more angry at each other. I feel like they're not really super pissed off at Rick. You spoiled who it is who gets blacked out drunk. Yeah, but I mean, like, pick a guess, honestly. (laughs) It was Morty. (laughs) (laughs) He sets up a saw type scenario for these people. Oh, Morty. 
Well, I think part of that episode is they start angry at him because he gets blackout drunk and sets up the scenario. But then that actually just brings up internal struggles between them. Yes, which kind of comes at the forefront. They're still mad at Rick, but these other things kind of take precedence. And some of the things that they're angry about, turns out they wouldn't be angry about if they just invited Rick to Vindicators too. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Morty would have been happier too. I do, I do like the scene where they're asking Rick if he can get through high-tech security defenses, and he goes, let me check my superpowers and weaknesses. The ability to do whatever I want, whenever I want. <laughs> check. <laughs> I really like that, but it is also part of the reason why I just don't like the show. I think that episode really sums it up yep. with the first Saw challenge. It's like, match these character traits to your p- portrait, and Morty's just like, they could all be you because none of you are original. Well, okay, but the whole quote is, right? Nobody's original, nobody is special. And then he pauses and goes, that's always the point. Yeah. It's so sad. It is, yeah. Like these, these lessons and messages that Rick's been beating into Morty's head are actually starting to take root. And it's like, what are we doing with this kid? I'll start working on disarming the neutrino bomb. <laughs> How many times, Morty? Too many times, Rick. I really like that episode. Oh, I'm so glad there was one that you really liked. That makes me happy. It's my favorite Rick and Morty episode. All right. Nice. It was great. So, pies, because they're I kind am of running out of time. Checking out of PayPal right now. Ooh, what'd you and get? I'm clicking. I got the steak and bacon and cheese one. Mm hmm. Because you can't go wrong with any of those things. There it is. Paid. Done. Shipping. Wait, is that They're it? On their you way. just got those? <laughs> what? You just got those four? Like, you only got steak, bacon, and cheese? I did. I'm going to test them out. If I like them a lot, I'll get more. Hold your horses. I'm not committing everything to this. You have to go big. And honestly, those four with shipping was $36. Oh, okay. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> So we're going to stick with those four. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> Fair point. <clears throat> so yeah, so that's it. It's ordered. It is complete. Thank you for your business. And they're on their way. They ship mon- They only ship Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. That's weird. Oh, well, it'll ship tomorrow, and that's good. All right, so let's wrap it up. I think that's all we had to cover. Um, if there was something else, we should probably wait until next time. So... I mean, sinkholes. Oh, sinkholes. Teaser. Teaser for next time. We're going to talk about <laughs> sinkholes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's such a good topic. All right. So that's it from us. This has been Falcon Paladin and Wade with yet another episode of the Falcon Paladin Hour. Again, thanks to Wade for the hours he spends editing and producing this episode as well as co-hosting. Thanks to Concordia Recordings for allowing us to use their music as the outro. Uh, thanks to Blizzard Entertainment for providing us StarCraft and um, a lot of hours of time on the video game machines. And until next time, as always, thank you so much for listening, and you take care of yourself. Once we thought that we'll stay young And these worthies never gold But when I opened up my eyes, I said Grow old with me Will you age here by my side And stay beautiful for life Oh, fade away in the darkness And leave me here This world is a cold place without